Welcome to Mosaic, the EDC podcast. Mosaic is a place to explore pressing challenges in education, health, and economic opportunity with EDC staff around the world. I'm your host, Burke Ronofsky, senior writer at EDC. On the program today is Bonnie Lipton, a senior prevention specialist with the Suicide Prevention Resource Center at EDC. In this podcast, Bonnie discusses mental health and suicide prevention programs on college campuses and what educators can learn about how to help students in need. So welcome, Bonnie. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. So Bonnie, let's begin with a broad picture of suicide on college campuses across the United States. How big of a problem is it? Right. So the most recent data from 2017 from a large national survey has found that 11 to 12 percent of students have seriously considered suicide in the past 12 months. And 1 to 2 percent of students have attempted suicide in the past 12 months. We also know that there are certain groups or demographic populations that are more at risk for mental health problems and suicide. That includes first-generation students. Those are students, no one in their family prior to them have attended university, international students, LGBTQ students, student veterans, and students of color. There's also more college students using mental health services than before, not necessarily because of an increase in mental health problems, but just a general comfort with mental health in general. But because of that, there's a greater demand on counseling services on and off campus. And what a lot of colleges and universities struggle with is not having enough staff members to address these students' issues. And how are schools and universities dealing with heightened awareness about uh, suicide and mental health on campus? Historically, campuses would often focus on gatekeeper training programs. And those are programs where faculty, staff, and students would be educated on the warning signs of suicide and how to help students get help. And that's definitely important. But what we're seeing now is that since suicide is such a complex problem, no one method is alone effective to prevent suicide. So a lot of schools are doing more of an upstream model of preventing problems before they occur to prevent mental health issues from forming. And so they're focusing on things like resilience and life skills. So that's things like identifying stressors such as relationship issues or financial problems. So a campus might offer financial planning workshops to help students or a support group for LGBTQ students coming out for the first time. There's also programming on connectedness, so building a social network and building connections in the community. So an example of that is at one of the universities I work with, their international center has a buddy program. So first year international students have an older international student that they can talk to, can help them acclimate to living in the U.S. and going to school here. I imagine these programs are helpful, but that some students who may be struggling with suicidal thoughts uh, might need even more support. So should schools have protocols in place to support students who are in crisis? Yes, absolutely. We at SPRC strongly encourage every campus to have a suicide prevention protocol in place um, for what to do when a student is in crisis and at risk for hurting, hurting themselves. And what you want to know in this protocol is what are the warning signs of suicide, who on and off campus should be contacted if a student is hospitalized, what's the procedure if a student needs to take a leave of absence, what to do when that student is coming back, and how to acclimate them back in. 
And you want a lot of people to be involved in writing this, not just the counseling center, but also faculty, police, and residence life. And once it's done, you want, also want it to be widely disseminated so everyone knows about it. Again, not just the counseling center, but for example, if it's 1 a.m. and a student is in crisis, the RA knows what to do and who to call. And as part of those protocols, you really want postvention, which is what to do after a suicide death to be part of that. You hope that that will never happen on your campus, that no student or faculty member will ever die by suicide, but it's better to have something written than to scramble, especially on a college campus when information goes out rapidly and it's not always accurate. So a good postvention plan will help provide support to those impacted by the suicide deaths address the community's needs, and help prevent future suicides by having information on accessing mental health support. Bonnie, you've done a lot of work with campuses that receive Garrett Lee Smith suicide prevention grants to address suicide. What are some interesting or promising programs that are being developed to prevent suicide on campus? So earlier I talked about the difficulties in accessing counseling services. And what I've seen a lot of Garrett Lee Smith grantees doing is forming these really innovative partnerships to be able to help students. So for example, one of the campuses I work at, uh, like many campuses, don't have anyone on staff who can prescribe psychiatric medication. So they filmed a partnership with the medical school a few towns over where their psychiatric med school interns could prescribe medications for their students. And it's a win-win because those interns are getting patients and the students are able to get the medications they need. A lot of schools that have graduate departments in psychology or social work or counseling have their students see patients in the counseling center. And again, it's a win-win because those graduate school interns in social work, they're getting experience. And on the school's end, now there's more staff to see students and there's not as long of a wait list for a student. Um, Another great partnership I saw was a campus that partnered with their pharmacy school. They were concerned about students overdosing on medications, and so they partnered with the pharmacy school to create a safe drop box for medications. And those partnerships have been really helpful. What advice would you give to colleges and universities who don't have a Garrett Lee Smith suicide prevention grant, but who do want to improve uh, their campus's response to suicide? Well, the first thing is the importance of partnerships, and especially partnering with students. Students are the audience that you're trying to reach, so you want to make sure they're involved in almost everything you're doing. So have your students be involved in helping to create awareness campaigns, reviewing your awareness campaigns, um, doing peer education in with students, Uh, joining your mental health advisory boards. You want them to be involved in every part of that. The other thing that I'd recommend every school to do is try to collect data on your students' mental health needs so you can help determine what exactly you need to address. Working with schools, I see a lot of them thinking that stigma is a problem and that's why students are accessing counseling services. But for some schools, that's not the problem. It's actually that, say, students are too busy. So for example, one of the campuses I work for, when they found that the reason their students aren't utilizing counseling services because they're too busy, they implemented these 20-minute drop-in counseling programs at the student center. So students could just go, talk to a counselor, maybe get some resources, maybe set up a longer appointment, but it met those students' needs. 
Another campus found that students, when they're having difficulties, they're turning to their parents and their friends. So what they did is they beefed up their parent outreach program to help parents identify when their children are experiencing difficulties and how to help their child. So before you came to EDC, I know that you worked at Tufts University, where you were also addressing the issue of uh, suicide prevention. What lessons do you bring from that experience working at Tufts to your sort of day-to-day experience here, offering training technical assistance to other campuses? Right. Uh, Well, I learned that universities are very complex and often bureaucratic machines, and um, it can be hard to get anything done if you're doing it alone. So you want to do it with as many people involved as possible. And part of that is also sustainability. So I was working at Tufts on a suicide prevention grant that was three years long. And the entire time I had to think about how can I make sure that this continues after this grant is over? Who can I partner with? Who are other people I can talk to? How can I embed the practices into the community? So that's why, for example, like having a crisis response protocol is important because after the grant is over, you still have that protocol in place and those RAs still know what to do at 1 a.m. Well, Bonnie, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to stop by today and for talking about this really important topic. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Mosaic. For more information about EDC's work in suicide prevention or to learn more about EDC's other work to advance mental health, visit us online at edc.org.